0: Welcome back to episode 157 of Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell. And in today's conversation, I'm joined by Ali Crawford. Ali is a CrossFit athlete and the winner of the master's class at the 2022 CrossFit Games. With that, win comes the title of fittest woman on earth in the over 45s category. And that is exactly what I asked Ali about during this conversation. You can expect to learn about Ali's entry to CrossFit, her journey and competing history, including being the first ever Scottish CrossFit Games athlete in 2018. Ali shares how she balances family life as a wife and a mother of two with her training and competitive aspirations. Anyone that thinks they're busy needs to take a look at the schedule required to manage at this level. Having finished 14th at the 2018 Games, second in 2021 before finally winning the title in 2022, there's a lot to learn from Ali's consistent improvement and the way that she approached that. It's amazing to see somebody from Scotland go out there and win on the world stage and with that in mind, I try to understand from Ali, what do we need to do as a country to produce more high class performers in this space? And this also leads to a conversation around how people can achieve success and even find fame in many different areas. It's an interesting concept that I get into with Ali. I love this conversation and I'm sure you will too. Today's podcast is sponsored and supported by Factory Weights PT Academy. Factory rates are well known for their dumbbells, kettlebells, and plates, but they now have launched a PT Academy, which is the best way to get your level two and level three qualifications and start to build your business as a fitness professional. The dropout rate from the fitness industry is eye watering. The vast majority of qualified PTs are not working full time in the industry 12 months after qualifying. And there's a number of different reasons for that. that Factory rates look to address with their PT Academy. So you'll be learning from a successful personal trainer with over decades experience in both coaching clients and developing personal personal trainer skills and mindset. Factory Weights have also recruited mentors to guide you through the program too, including MTN's founder, David Hatt, who built one of the UK's leading online coaching companies from scratch, as well as Chris Burns, the savage caller who has run and managed marketing campaigns in the industry for huge names, including Matt Fraser and Hybrid Performance. You've heard both of those voices in the podcast many, many times and those guys are genuine experts in terms of how to set up a fitness business and be successful. The standard of lecturers and guest speakers that you'll be learning from is quite simply unmatched by any other qualification provider in the industry. So give yourself the best possible chance if you're looking to support career in the fitness industry and get involved with the Factory Weights PT Academy. The link will be in the show notes, which is www.factoryweights.co.uk forward slash products forward slash become a PT. Easier if you uh, go in there and it in the show notes rather than typing that out. And to save, you can use pt as a code and that will save you £100 from the uh, qualification. I want to say a big thank you for Ali for coming on the show and a big thank you to, for you guys for continued to support the show. The Rob Lipsit, the Sahil Bloom episodes have gone absolutely crazy and I would not be in this position to have these conversations 157 episodes in if it wasn't for the continued listener support. So please do share this one to your Instagram story. Tag me at Camera if you're enjoying it and after the music plays you're going to hear myself and Ali Crawford in the Green Room podcast studio in Glasgow in full flow and having a fantastic conversation Ali welcome to the show
1: thanks for having me Colin
0: and I'm gonna introduce you as the fittest on earth (laughs) how does that feel
1: Uh, I think I always have to add the caveat for the age category, 45 to 49, unfortunately, but yeah, um, that's the CrossFit um, strap line, isn't it? Well, that was the Mm. Netflix
0: series, wasn't it? Fittest on Earth. I think that woke a lot of people up to what's going on in the, in the CrossFit world, because the number of viewers for that would have been in the millions.
1: I think um, it's cool, Fittest on Earth is cool, but obviously it opens CrossFit and athletes up to a lot of trolling because like. There's obviously different people have different definition of fitness. And I think what CrossFit tried to do was, well, we have these athletes that we are testing over every aspect of kind of fitness. So we're testing how powerful they are, how fast they are, how agile, coordinated, how strong, just testing everything that could be considered a kind of fitness thing and getting the best all-rounded Fittest athlete Um, I mean, there's no denying that people definitely get a bit annoyed by that. Oh, who's to say she's the fittest Nerd, Like my wife can run a marathon in three hours and it's like people are fit for certain things, but to be good at CrossFit, you have to basically be relatively multi-disciplines good at everything yeah, across the board
0: and excel in each to a relative extent yep. against the people that are also trying to do the same thing. Exactly.
1: Which is- I mean, I think you don't have to totally excel in any one thing, like I think you have to make sure you have no major weaknesses, but um, I think they can get away with that definition, obviously I'm going to say that, but I feel that they do test everything like there's no stone uncovered and it is very much like when you get through to the CrossFit Games. I mean, even at the early stages, the online stages they've been known to throw in new movements that nobody's really seen before Um, that hasn't been tested under kind of like a speed or for for time that kind of idea Um, so there's been lots of things that came up of course that will
0: test you as well because it will maybe test some of the muscles that you've trained before but in a different modality or something yeah and it's how
1: you adapt as well like at the CrossFit Games this year um, there was lots of things in workouts that I had never ever done before um, with very limited opportunity to practice in a warm up area so that actually made it really fun as well because like they're testing like you with regards to how quickly you can adapt to a kind of functional style movement um which is actually really cool
0: It's a huge novelty to it isn't there with crossfit i think that's one of the reasons that people who maybe have become bored with traditional bodybuilding style training or fitness or classes that they maybe didn't enjoy they find such a joy from the fact that crossfit's got such a wide variety of like what you're being tested huge. and what you're learning about. I
1: think that's huge. I think, I mean, that's the draw for me. That was always the draw for me. I've, like you see, did the usual, I, I always quite enjoyed going to the gym. I know a lot of people don't actually like going to the gym and they do it for, I don't know, to look better or to maybe feel a bit better. But I actually always did quite enjoy the gym environment. Um, and when I discovered CrossFit, like definitely the whole variety of it and the fact that there was so much that i would never have contemplated thinking that i could learn to do at my age at that time um and you had a coach and it was a, it was really quite like anything's possible type thing It doesn't really matter about your age and i think i think that's true as well of the people that do crossfit who aren't so competitive i think that's what they like about it as well like they might not have goals to compete in competitions or to lift a weight heavier than themselves but I also think that they like that that opportunity is there and they can make the progressions for that yeah, Mm -hmm. Um,
0: which is important but it's interesting that you mentioned that when you found it you were like right okay this is this is really exciting for me it's different from what I've done before but when was that moment and how did it all come together
1: I literally I'm I'm more or less joined CrossFit in East Go Ride when the CrossFit East Go Ride gym opened um I did have friends who had gone to the one in Glasgow who had been saying to me for a couple of years that they thought that I would I could be quite good at it. I think just coming from ugh, I was quite a sporty background I think I th- that is the thing I like obviously I only discovered CrossFit at 37 which is really old in terms of like learning a new discipline or like new movements and competing, movements at, a high and level, competing yeah. at a high level yeah. for sure but I think that most people that end up competing at my age at a high level do come from like an athletic background or a sporty background. So I definitely had that my whole life. Um, and I suppose I had all the kind of attributes that would maybe kind of go, go quite nicely into CrossFit. Like I was an ex gymnast, so I had really good mobility. I'd done a bit of the gyms. So I was naturally quite strong. I'm quite a big girl naturally, like just genetically. i like, like a strong, a frame, strong, frame. Yeah, yeah. very athletic looking. Um, I used to love like all the cardio stuff and stuff like that. So like a lot of the aspects that kind of transferred into kind of packaging up a good CrossFit athlete were there before I even started, um, but I suppose I like routine and I was quite happy doing what I was doing. And um, I wouldn't say I was an overly ambitious person, um, but once I set my mind on something like I want to be the best I can be at it. But um I was happy. I was teaching body pump the you know, Les Mills classes and teaching my spin classes and like I was really happy doing that. Um and I suppose I was like, I would quite like to try it, but I'm not bothered. It was too far away to I commit was too to. much of an ne- uh, yeah. Especially having a family and stuff like that. Like I'm like, I don't want to be driving forty minutes to my gym, that kind of but convenience is a big
0: factor I, I say that to people mm-hmm. all the time like sometimes like um, they'll be like oh why don't you train at this particular time I, I train at David Lloyd quite a lot at lunchtime or straight after work and the atmosphere is pretty poor mm-hmm. for pushing myself I'm one of the one of a handful of people in there training like close to failure and pushing myself I'm yep. getting a bit sweaty and people maybe look at you and judge you a little bit but if I drove an extra 15 minutes that would be 30 minutes in total out of my day. Can I commit to that when I'm trying to do some of the things I'm trying to do in terms of the podcast, in terms of my uh, career? Would it be worthwhile to get an extra 3 three to 5% out of my session? Maybe not. So in the same way that you didn't want to commit to driving to Glasgow to do CrossFit, I can can completely understand why that's the case.
1: That's massive for loads of people, I would say, without wanting to play the gender card. Like women, especially of my age, um, when they have got like... um, like families and stuff like that they tend to be the ones that need to be back for bath time and need to be there to make dinners and stuff like that so it's all about doing a class or doing a session when it's convenient it's not necessarily like always when they would like it to be um but you just kind of have to fit it in but when CrossFit East Bride opened I kind of went along and I like immediately loved it um definitely didn't wasn't really into the whole competitive side immediately I was just really enjoying like learning lots of new stuff um because there's so much to learn from me. Everything was pretty much brand new. And I suppose coming from like a sporty, being a sporty child and things like that, I think that I am very competitive. Um, like I don't, I th- when I say that, like because I, I think some people can be aggressively competitive and it's a bit in your face and it's a bit uh, off-putting. And I don't, I hope I'm not like that, but I know that like I just, like just, I'm just, I just love a challenge, basically. So I'm competitive like that. What were the
0: first workouts that you were like, you know what, I'm going to be quite good at this?
1: Um, Well, I remember doing. I was, I think it was my second day, and um, I hadn't even done the fundamental course yet because now you do a fundamentals. and Because I was like, I'd done PT and. Myself and I taught like body pump. I think um, my coaches were like, "Oh, you should be fine." And I was back squatting with a girl, and um, I think say she was, I think she's like sixty kilograms, and she missed the back squat, so it fell on the floor. So I just cleaned it up and put it in the rack. And I remember Ali coming over to me and saying, "How did you get the bar up?" And I was like, "I just did that clean thing." And he's like, "A sixty kilogram clean on your second visit here's not." <laughs> <laughs> Not that bad. <laughs> you might be quite <laughs> Who good is at this, this lady. <laughs> <laughs> I like, hey, else was I going to get it up? Um, and it's so like I definitely um, I walked in with a lot of strength. Like I was really fit when I walked in. So like anything that was just like cardiovascular based or just like body weight fitness, I was really good at. So for me, the learning part was like the Olympic weightlifting and Huger the gymnastics. Isn't yeah, it? all the gymna- all the more skillful things are the things like I had to work on, obviously, but. Again, that's what I enjoy. Like, I like that challenge of learning something new.
0: And how soon before you start to consider, like, competing in things like the Open? Because that's, like, a the qualifying process for what we're going to talk about, which is the CrossFit Games. When do you start to, like, open your mind up to, like, okay, well, I'm, I'm I'm one of the better people in this class. After a short period of time, I'm building up to and I'm gaining some of the skills. When do you start to go, okay, well, maybe I want to do this more competitively than just turning up on three nights a week, whatever it was?
1: Um. I think I took it quite seriously quite quickly like I was fortunate in that by the time I discovered CrossFit my kids were a little bit older and um, like we talked about the convenience and stuff like that like I am I work part-time and I never had any intention well since I, I had children I work part-time and my youngest has got some additional support needs so um, he is extra work um, and he's a lot more challenging and not in terms of a challenging child but in terms of time and support yeah he needs a lot like he's 14 but he's very much functions like an eight-year-old still um so he needs more um help than your typical 14 year old but i think that um so i never really planned to go back full-time but obviously with him being at school and stuff like that it kind of frees up a lot more time for me for training so i think that i was in a fortunate position that I didn't work a Thursday Friday or a Tuesday afternoon and the children were at school so I had that was my time where potentially I should have been making dinners and cleaning the house but I would go to the gym that kind of thing so but like I I did take it quite seriously quite quickly in terms of like doing a bit of extra work and I wanted to be good at it quite quickly and I think Scottish CrossFit at that stage was not not anywhere near at the level it is currently in terms of the number of really quality athletes. But there was like a female Steph Decker, I don't know whether you heard of her. She she went to CrossFit Glasgow and she was almost like the pioneer of Scottish CrossFit. She like was the first female to make regionals um, Did you have
0: a little bit of a role model there in terms so of somebody she was to look towards?
1: Somebody that was like I mean she was she was so good, but it was she, yeah, there was that, that there was that case of uh, I do I'm a firm believer that success breeds success. And um, Steph and her friend Anisha, who was also a great athlete, went away to Gl- uh, USA traveling. And when they came back, they came back to East Kilbride to coach and train. So like just training alongside somebody like that kind of just makes you better. It's just, I mean, I saw it myself like as a child, as a gymnast, like if one kind of gymnast Started like doing really well It almost brings the whole club up as well
0: a rising tide raises all ships
1: Absolutely, and I think that's kind of like I always used to train with Ali and Simon who are the owners of cross face go So they're like 10 years younger than me like ex rugby players big boys so I was like constantly trying to chase them and keep up with them. and by Very deep by default. I just got better just by doing that regularly, and I think that Steph definitely kind of was a female in Scotland too made you realize that, you know, if you did kind of about a bit of discipline, you could do, you could do, you could do it. You could kind of take this further. And I think for me, the first time realizing was, it was more down to age. Like I always was like the second in the open, I always came sick. I was always the second best female in Scotland every year. The opens
0: like an annual thing. It's it? the
1: online kind of part, the start of the games process, but everybody takes part. It's a really nice community thing. and. Just about every CrossFit affiliate will encourage all of their members to take part, regardless of their fitness levels or experience. It's just a really nice kind of three-week period to be part of. So they had, like, you have, like, like I don't know what you call it, tables, like, where people finish. Um, and I was always, like, the second best female at that point after Steph. But I think um as time went on, there was loads of other girls coming up that were younger, mean things like that but i think in um, 2016 in the open i finished i think i like i was first in europe for my age group and i was 26th i think in the world for my age group okay. um and at that that was the 40 to 44 so that was the first kind of masters um, age at that point um and i remember simon saying to me you know with a little bit more focus to your training and working some weaknesses then there's no reason why you couldn't make the crossfit games as a master um And I suppose that I kind of made it my goal then. That was like in 2000 and that would have been after the Open in 2016. I thought I'm going to try and do this next year. And that's when I started taking it along. That's an exciting
0: point, isn't it? Like somebody like you're you're training hard and you're doing well, but somebody says, you know what, if we just push the envelope that little bit more refined, kind of dusted off some of these edges, uh, refine things a little bit more, then maybe we could go to the highest level that's available in terms of you for you to compete out of this in this sport.
1: I think... You know, you talk about like unconsciously competent. I think that was the position I was at at that stage. Like, I didn't realise how good I was for my age.
0: Is there an advantage to that, do you think?
1: Um, I don't know. I'm always benchmarking myself against younger folk. <laughs> um, I think uh, friends of mine will laugh, at, like, like most women my age, slightly in denial, denial about how old I am. And I think my way of dealing with it is I don't, I try not to use it as an excuse or a reason not to be as good as or better than somebody else. I just want to be the best I can be. And if that means trying to keep up with a 25 year old, then so be it.
0: I think that's probably helpful on the international stage in -hmm. terms of in Scotland, we don't have It's come a long way, CrossFit, clearly. And like you've been a big help in terms of probably promoting that in terms of somebody competing at a good level. It probably attracts more young people to get into it and open their eyes to it. And hopefully conversations like this aid in that as well. But in Scotland, you probably don't have enough people for you to just work against your age group and still be competitive. Whereas internationally, of course, people in your age group are going to be really, really good and 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 work towards. So in Scotland and in the maybe even in the UK, you probably do have to be like, okay, what is the the twenty five year old, what's the thirty year old, what's the thirty five year old doing?
1: And I think though, like, so I would normally not enter a masters competition in um Scotland, probably not in England either. I would um maybe in Europe, um, but yeah, and, and that's no disrespect to other athletes my age, um, but I like a push and I like to be challenged and um, I don't see any reason why if I feel it, I can lift the weights and keep up with it. I might not win it, but I've, I would, I would personally enjoy the experience better. Just going for it. Doing the full boonah. I mean, I think there was a the Glasgow classic, it was a a, a, a crossfit competition Um at the expo, they say "Remember the SFNX? SFN, yeah I don't know if they do that anymore. Actually, I'm not sure.
0: I've it stopped only been after
1: um, COVID, didn't yeah. it? But this was so. This must have been 2019, just before. I remember that um, it was COVID. a big strongman event as well. Mm-hmm. It was really good. It was a great event actually. But CrossFit Glasgow ran the Glasgow Classic, which was a CrossFit event within that um, expo. And I just there was obviously a masters category and um, pairs and all sorts. So I thought, oh, I'm just going to go in for like the the normal girls category. The I don't know what you'd call it. RX Elite. And I ended up winning it. But, like, I felt more pressure about that competition than any other because, as I say, I don't use my age as an excuse, but there is that voice at the back of my head saying, you are quite literally old enough to be the mother of some of these girls. Um, so, and also I'd just been to the CrossFit Games the year before. I was going to say, uh, 2018 20 was the first time you went time. to the
0: Games. Tell me about that.
1: So that was, you know, actually going back. So when I made the goal to get to the Games after the 2016, when I kind of didn't unconsciously, didn't realise that actually I was quite good at this. Um, I did focus my training and I made that the big push. And I, um, it was a bit of a hard luck story, but I I did really well after the it was the top twenty that went through at that stage, and I did really well after the open. I was twelfth in the world, and then after the next stage, um, and a couple of like, I just did a couple of bad workouts that just I still have weaknesses like I'm um, tia to me like there are still things that come up for me that are definitely going to be a bit of a a hurdle, um, and I suppose. The workouts were okay for me, but I definitely didn't perform to the best of my ability. Um, it's quite a hard weekend, so you get like six workouts that you have to complete within three days, and it's like it's really intense um so it's hard in the body um and i end up uh, dropping down to 21st position and i missed out in the games by one place in 2017 so i was kind of like i was quite disheartened because i had put in quite a lot of work that year i would say there was a lot of sacrifices made um by my family by myself it was like a real
0: is that just to free up the time for you to train Mm -hmm. and push yourself and i
1: think as well for me as well like i said um to you before like once I set my mind on something, I'm quite goal orientated and I really wanted to make it, but I'm not as much. As I'm very, very um, competitive. I don't like to talk too much about it. Like I just, I, I'm quite, I internalize a lot. So like,
0: who will you tell your goals to?
1: Nobody really, I don't know. Like my husband always moans at it. Nobody, nobody really, I don't, I very rarely say them out loud. Um, I suppose fear of failure maybe I don't know I don't I'm a bit of a people pleaser I don't like to let people down and I felt as though in 2017 I did say I'm going to try and make the games next year like my family had bought into it my coaches had bought into it um, and I felt a bit of a let down for myself and I know I, was, I missed out very narrowly um, and in another year I may have been lucky enough that somebody ha- wouldn't take their spot Um and I would
0: have you the kind of bubbled up, yeah,
1: um, but not not so not not. But not a year so on,
0: you do manage to get there. What yeah, was the process? But like? the
1: fun like the, that is the ironic thing of the whole thing. So I hadn't really been training for it, and I and I hadn't really had it as a goal. And um, I'd done fairly well in the open, qualified for the next stage again. And I remember when the workouts came out, Simon, my coach, phoned me, and he's like, "Ali, have you seen these workouts?" And like. They were just all really good workouts for me. Um, He was like, you couldn't have written better workouts for yourself. He's like, I think you can make it this year. Um, And I think with a bit of experience as well. So the year before, we had just done the workouts one time each. And that was hard on the body, but I think we realised that we underestimated in 2017 just how much every second counts. So a redo of a workout that maybe only goes two seconds faster could be the difference of three places and that makes a big difference um, at this. When you got level. 20 places, of yep. course
0: you do. The margins are tiny.
1: So we we did. We, we we doubled up in a couple of workouts. We made sure I had the best possible um, scores and performances. And I was really happy with my performances and yeah, I did make it that year. But I was against like not it wasn't something that I, I had been kind of really actively aiming to achieve so it was a bit of a brissy bonus to be fair um but yeah that the the first year like i've i've spoken to a few people about this it's weird because like nobody's been to the crossfit games from scotland so it's almost like i was like- going to
0: say that's one of your taglines isn't it like and and i think that's what i'm saying like crossfit in scotland's only going one way because people like you have made some progress in the space because it gives people something to aim for you were saying about steph went yep. out to uh, the us to train she came back she was super talented and hard working you were like well i can work towards yep. that you going in 2018 is breaking ground like there's that whole roger banister so, yeah. analogy isn't there mm-hmm. where he ran the four minute mile and then the year after many many people Lots, did it yep. because they suddenly realized that it was possible possible
1: I te- I, like i would hope so and i think I agree with you that, and that's not me saying oh I'm leading the way. I d- I just think that it just needs one person to achieve something, and it just makes everybody else say like, you know why c- why couldn't I? But certainly when I got to the games in two thousand and eighteen, it was a bit like. I was almost like, oh, this is it. Like, I don't actually care what happens. You'd from already here. run your race maybe. Uh, I'm like, I don't care what happens from here. I'm at the CrossFit Games. I'm like, look at all my free swag. I've got all this stuff with my name on it. Like, I'm like, I'm at the CrossFit Games. Like, nobody's done this before. Not, don't really, not bothered what happens from here. And I suppose there is that bit about like lining up against other women my, old, my own age. You're a bit like, okay. I know I can work really hard and I believe in myself and I'm super confident, but this is the top twenty in the world of my age group. Pretty sure they're all of the same mindset as me. So I, you don't feel like you have any edge.
0: I was gonna ask you, what do you think your edge is if we were to dive into that?
1: Actually I I, I compete really well. Um and I think that's because I'm so competitive. Like I I I, I like I, I seem to be able to raise my game. For, for whatever reason, I, like I have thought about this before, like, I think I am a people pleaser. So I want people to be proud of me as much as I'm doing it for myself. I mm. also want to make people proud of me and to make other people happy. So I think that I don't want to let people down either. And I do have this, like all people that are good at CrossFit, this ability to really, really hurt. And I, it's
0: like embrace the suck. Is yeah, one of the phrases that's I've what
1: heard. they say. And I mean, it's like, I think pe- I have had discussions with my coach and stuff about this, about whether you can teach it or not. I'm not sure you can teach it completely, but I think there's a lot of people now that understand what it takes and it does sometimes mean going to places where you really don't want to go to. And I don't know, like I think if you're really competitive, that really helps as well. Um,
0: We were talking before we hit record about things that people are good at that maybe don't feel so much like work to them but if somebody else did the same thing they would struggle a little bit and quite often when you find those things that's the thing to index on and and push forward on is one of your things going to the heart walker and just keeping on going
1: i see i've like i've got a couple of strengths in in crossfit for sure um that would probably be one of them um i think i'm really good at barbell cycling um so if and i think if something comes up that you you know you're good at i think it's like I spoke about being Kind of unconsciously competent i think once you're consciously competent then that kind of like gives you an extra level of confidence when you're kind of going into a workout and that like i will i will say to myself if there's a barbell cycling workout it's unlikely that another girl my age is going to be able to hang on as long as i can and move as quickly as i am or as efficiently as i am so going into an event with that kind of confidence is like i think that it's it gives you, bo- gives you that extra percentage, like,
0: does I, I'm, I, I always laugh when people talk about confidence, but they haven't done enough things to be competent in to feel confident about. So, for you, of course, you're competent and confident with the barbell because you've done it so many times and you've worked on it. So, when you go into that environment, you're like, I can hang with the best here because I've done it so many times and I've actually got some ability here as well. Yep. And that, of course, gives you that little bit of elevation level up.
1: for sure. I think so. Um, I think as well, like just being just the the kind of competitive thing it just kind of helps like I was laughing a couple of weeks ago I was just in a workout with uh, one of the coaches Ali, and the workout had um it was like double unders in it so you know it's like skipping but passing the rope and but there was like a penalty so that the workout they had a buy-in of say uh, it was 150 double unders but if you tripped up anytime you tripped up you had to do five burpees before you could pick the bar the ropes back up again and um and Then the next part of the workout was single unders because that was something they brought into the games. Like Obviously, everybody can do the kind of single skips, but it's actually quite hard to do if you're so used to doing double unders. So it was the same idea. It was like 75 singles into 75 doubles and the same thing applied. Like any trip would like use a penalty. And there was a third round, which was of a similar ilk, but I didn't trip once. And it was like, I think, I don't think I've ever done 150 double unders in a row before. And like Ali just says to me, you're just,
0: sharpens the mind
1: uh-huh. it's just like you put me in that competitive environment and say there's a penalty that's going to cost you time and going to keep you back and make you have like not such a good score and somehow I can just concentrate a bit harder I don't know why but, zero in just a little bit uh-huh. so I think that that's just comes from a bit of a competitive spirit Like I know some people who perform amazing in the gym week in week out um, and then don't ever seem to be able to mirror that in a competition environment um, I don't know if that's mindset or whether that's just inbuilt. I'm not. I honestly don't know.
0: Yeah, it might be experience as well. So, how many competitions have you done now? Where you now know that you you turn on that that type of ally crawford for that particular situation so by by competing from what 2016 onwards you've had so many reps or time under the bar to be like okay when i go into this environment this is the switch the 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 switch that i flick in my head to perform in this particular level whereas if somebody who's really good in the gym and maybe has only competed three or four times and they've not really had great experiences with it they haven't quite unlocked what they need to do to be the best version of themselves in competition yet
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I'd also say, like I was talking about, like, success breeds success. I think that also applies for myself. So I'm almost almost like a bit of a CrossFit geek in that, like, I kind of know all the girls in my age group on a kind of world level, like, who's good at what and who... Social media helps with that, I uh, well, And the leaderboards for CrossFit and all that. So I'm very, like, aware. So... And you had been training quite well over lockdown to be fair and not well but I was training for my garage but I was fortunate enough to have like some weights and some cardio equipment so I had been training and I was moving into that new age category so knowing that I was moving into the new age category like you see there is a bit of a drop in terms of standards of how fit people are just as you move up i mean everybody's amazing the, the 65 year olds and overs are just phenomenal but obviously as you get older like there is a drop off in how strong people are or how fast they are and stuff like that so i knew moving into the next stage category for me i would be really competitive i also knew that having it been locked down there would have been a lot of people who maybe hadn't had any opportunity to train or maybe fallen out of it a little bit in terms of that kind of high level um, training. So that's why I was like in twenty twenty one, I think I could make the games again and I did qualify for the games um only just but it was a, bit of a inju- funny process, wasn't it? Uh, but I was I was injured as well. Um when was I was so I had like a I can't remember what you call it, like the um a fra- basically a fracture um and a grade two ligament sprain. Um but I was no biggie, like, no biggie, <laughs> but I managed to qualify with that. So then I was like, you know, I got to the games 2018. I did quite well in the lower cat age category. I'm one of the youngest now in this new age category. I qualified with an injury. So then I like, I started saying to myself, there's actually, why couldn't I end up top five, top leaving a podium?
0: Yeah. So very different to 2018 where you're just happy to take part. Mm-hmm. 2021, you're like, I'm actually here to be, be one of the mm-hmm. one of the top. Yep. The top and I think
1: after day, like I, to be fair, before I went out, I was hoping for a top five finish. I wanted, I, I felt top five was definitely a realistic goal. Um, didn't really say it out loud, but I think deep down, I'm like, if the words fall for me, there's a chance I could get in the podium. But almost at that point, seemed too much of a big thing to happen. Like you know, they talk about visualizing it and all this. Like I couldn't visualize it. I, it's all. It was almost like, right, okay, I'm not going to get there. But then after day one of the competition, um, I was sat in first place, and I think I was Your sat in first f- place. Fully in healed by then as well. Um, yeah, it was. I would say it was fully healed. It's like it's one of those grade two ligaments like, I brains, I'm probably always not quite going to have the same mobility in the ankle and stuff, but definitely. Didn't hold me back. Well, it did. Hold me- didn't hold me back. No, there was like a run though, and I had to get it heavily taped and stuff like that for the right. run. So I, I was still very much aware of it. Um But no, nah, definitely didn't hold me back in terms of my performance. But I think coming second last year was just such a phenomenal feeling. It was just, a, yeah, I I wanted to podium. I hadn't said it out loud as I say. In, and internalized. It to Derek? Did you said to
0: your husband. No. No. <laughs> no. You no. do keep it quiet, don't you? It's interesting. Mm-hmm. I do think public accountability works for a tiny percentage of people. So you see people on social media shout that I'm going to do this, mm-hmm. and quite often doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. That I'm gives me anxiety. That. That I see it
1: happen. all the time in social media. I also see it a lot with not even people claiming like this is this is my goal. Watch me achieve, or just people who come across like so like on their social media. Like if you did, if you didn't know any better, then you would think they were like unbelievable superstars and it's a little bit like fraudulent. I'm like, that's actually not really the case. And it's not really that fair the, that you're spending
0: be... a lot of time talking the talk but not walking no, the walk.
1: Exactly. There's lots of talking the talks and yeah, so, but I think there's more people walking the walk now right enough. I think um definitely I hope I've helped but I definitely I'm really encouraged by the crossfit scene in Scotland. And I think it's also it's definitely widened. I think like out with like non-affiliated gyms like your functional fitness style gyms they're doing a lot of crossfit style like um workouts um
0: there's been huge growth and encouraging
1: in people to do functional fitness style um competitions which essentially are crossfit competitions but maybe people feel a bit more like that they're more accessible uh, less of the really high skill stuff um which i think is great more
0: engine more like yeah, strength uh, kind strength, of compound yeah. movements, yeah. as
1: opposed to snatches and things like that which i think is great um and it can it's like NFT and stuff like that, isn't it? Yep. That's one of the main ones, is Games it? is a wee bit yeah. oh, that's getting quite cross now, yeah. though, isn't high it? High Rocks and stuff like that as well. I There's like the I've done yeah. a High Rocks, um, yeah. quite like the idea You'd of that.
0: You'd it with LA, let's be honest.
1: Uh, <laughs> Colin, an hour and 15 minutes of Cardo, I'm not sure, <laughs> crossfit. <laughs> Hinted over 30 minutes for a crossfitters, uh, pretty hard going. I'd like to try that though, I think. I'm definitely somebody who likes a goal and likes a challenge. Um, I'm not going to say it out loud. I'm definitely not going to commit to it in this podcast. Um, if yeah. I do sign up for it, I'll not let MD know till the night before probably. But um, that's, that's,
0: that's really interesting because that is in sharp contrast to what a lot of people do online. They show their big goal and they shout about it and everyone knows it's going to happen. But the funny thing with online is that there's very few people that would call you out if you didn't achieve it there's a couple of maybe anonymous troll accounts and everyone has that particularly as soon as you get a, a couple of thousand people watching your stuff it that that you're going to get some of those people that's how the world's uh, structured unfortunately but most of the people close to you if you've shouted about doing a particular goal and it doesn't happen they don't they kind of forget about it because everyone's not as focused on you as you think like i, I learned about a thing called the spotlight effect from one of my recent guests sahil bloom and People massively over assume how much the spotlight is on them to some extent, particularly with social media, because because our feeds are so full, we'll maybe see somebody announce that they're going to do high rocks and then they might not actually end up doing high rocks. And we don't even be like, oh, I can't believe they didn't do high yeah. rocks or I can't believe they didn't win high rocks. Because there's so much else going on in our life that we don't really yep. remember it. However, I'm definitely not going to persuade you to change your approach to public accountability because it's <laughs> clearly working because, of course, the year after, last year when you finished second, you turned up in 2022 and you won. Yep,
1: this year was amazing. So, again, like, I was interviewed um, by a friend Louise beforehand going out and um, she was like, what would it mean to win? And, I, like, I, I would say it again, like, it was like I wanted it so bad, but it's almost like I hate somebody asking me that because I didn't want to. How close were you to winning in twenty twenty one? I should have won it last year, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I think that's why, like this year, uh, like I much preferred twenty twenty one in terms of going into because everybody was a bit like, "Oh, well done, Ali! Second time at the games—that's amazing achievement." But there wasn't really any. I didn't feel any. Pressure at all from anyone else. It was only the own pressure I was putting myself, whereas this year, because, and last year, the workouts were all quite good for me. So, like, um there was nothing in it that was a real kind of a real like. What would it's call swimming
0: it? that you don't get on with, isn't it? I'm not great at swimming. Yet. I've well, done my I've research. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, ironically, um so I had to learn pretty much how to swim in 2018, and I, pro- I probably don't do it enough, but. This year, the swimming event was in a pool as opposed to being in a lake. And I feel as as somebody who's not a confident swimmer, um, the lake is really scary. Like, I mean, I'm I'm sure lots of people who compete at the Games would agree. If you're not a competent swimmer and you're basically swimming 250 meters away from shore and then you turn around a boy and you see you've got to get back and there's kayaks there for people that are struggling. So you're getting all the kind of waves from there. People are pulling your ankles. You've got seaweed. You can't really see under, like, it's not nice. And um, I've done really badly in the swims. Uh, Well, I did badly in the swims in 2018 and 2021. Um, I made a couple of mistakes in 2021. Um, One in particular that cost me the games probably. And I think going into the final, um, I was very, uh, like, as I say, I'm a bit of a CrossFit geek, so I knew what I needed to do. And I knew that if I finished second, I would come second. I was guaranteed second. But I also knew that if I came third, depending on who beat me, then I could drop to fourth. Um, so I definitely played the final safe. I, I, I basically... I played the final for a second place finish last year. Um, Had I not made the mistake in the event with the handstand walking, which is one of my strengths, then I would have probably I would have won the games. Um, But I had made that mistake, and and everybody's going to make mistakes in a four-day competition. So I'm sure other folks made mistakes as well. Uh, But that's one that sticks with me because it was silly. Um, But I definitely the final for second place which maybe that's not what people want to hear but for me it was more important to podium and to have a for the a medal. first
0: time because it goes it, mm-hmm. 14th in 2018 to 2nd in 2021 is tremendous improvements yeah. over that time and it's proven to yourself that you can compete at the very highest level and be one of the best yep. maybe not the best this time around yep. but of course you've then come back the next year and you're like win okay it. I'm yep. I'm confident I can do I this I think
1: last year like definitely like as I say I just wanted that medal I was not prepared to risk and the work, the final workout was quite good for me and if I had pushed I probably I may, may have been able to win it if my coach had been out with me he might have
0: t- it was still funny t- t- that period with the pandemic wasn't it yeah. in terms of
1: well we didn't know we were going right up to the very last oh it was a carry on last year to be fair um but I think that if he'd been there, I maybe would have pushed for the win. But I think I was just out there myself. I had to make a call. I knew that I would be able to finish second quite comfortably in that workout, and I didn't want to push for the first place and then red line and make a mess of it. So um, I suppose that was my experience. But it was my judgment call, and it was I I I, I would probably do it again to be honest, Colin. Just in the sense that. I just wanted the medal. I wanted to. Stand you don't at have the to body. go
0: zero to one hundred yeah. overnight. you you went eighteen to two. Yep. Sorry, fourteen to two. I yep. mean, that's that's excellent. And then go to two to one is much more achievable, but and I you think, actually did that. So yeah. It, I think
1: this year, um, obviously going into the final, it was probably the most nervous I've ever been. Um, because I was tied on points going into the final. And what was the final workout? The final workout was a 30 calorie assault bike. It was a sprints. So it was a 30 calorie assault bike um, into 20 burpee box jump overs, but on a 30 inch box um, and then it was um, 10 sandbag cleans to the shoulder with 50 kilograms. So I knew I would be okay at it because it's a bit of engine and I'm relatively strong. But I also knew that the girl that I was tied in points with would be very good at it as well. So I went for it in the final this year because um, I wanted to win. And it was quite, it was interesting speaking to her after it. She had no clue where I was in the competition floor. Whereas I knew exactly where she was. So I was basically racing her. Um,
0: That unlocks a part of you which you would have needed. Whereas if ignorance wouldn't be bliss for you at that point, you'd be like, I'd much rather know that I need to go to the end here than just be like go in and do your best Ali. you were like i need to do my best but i need it needs to be better than yeah. her in order for me to i get just the needed result.
1: to beat her so going into the final this year i was guaranteed second place and i just needed to beat her and it was um maybe competitively a strength of mine is i can manage my nerves quite well um don't get me wrong i have to get very nervous when i get three to one but i'm able to kind of focus and like I, I know what I need to do and I don't get overly nervous um and I don't really think that at any point at the CrossFit games I've been massively intimidated by my competitors or the
0: environment um does the build up with social media um help or hinder cuz you were saying you're very aware of what the other girls in your category are capable of does that help or hinder you
1: um hinder I would say I, like I should stay away from it like cause I'm I'm one of these people that believe I believe everything I see in Instagram. I feel like my Instagram is quite authentic to my ability levels and who I am as a person. So I think that that's that of everybody else. And um, sometimes you can be intimidated by other people's posts of their very best lifts or them doing beautiful gymnastics skills but
0: and that might be them doing it fresh whereas yeah. you've done that movement when you've been heavily fatigued
1: but it is easy to kind of be like oh my god Um so yeah i would say it's a hindrance i, I try to not look too much at my competitors instagrams beforehand i'm more a case of like i will go back to all the workouts of previous crossfit games years and anybody that's been in the competition before like i know what their strengths are as much as I know what my strengths are so basically when the final um the final kind of when we know who we're competing against I'll literally just go and do my research like that I don't really look at their Instagram I'll look at where they perform, how they performed in the open what workouts they've done well in this year in the open last year in the open if they've been in the games before so when I before I even touch down America I'll literally know <laughs> all about all my competitors that's Instagram in terms of versus their, reality yeah. to,
0: that's like Instagram and maybe they presented their highlights real and how good they are at particular lifts under no fatigue whereas you've seen what they did in competition under the most extreme yeah. levels of pressure and fatigue mm-hmm. and you're like okay well that's the reality and that's what I need to yeah. beat rather than I just kind of
1: focus on the reality I think it's useful to know because I also think that like you can only do what you can do that's what I believe in CrossFit I don't think you can't like m- Miracu- miraculously put on like 20 kilograms on a lift. You kind of know where you're at, like when it comes to your lifts, you know you may be able to PR. At my age, you're not going to PR by any more than two and a half, five kilograms in a competition. You just can't put that kind of um, weight on. Um, Same with like your gymnastics skills. You, 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 you know what you can do. You're If you can do 25 chest to bar pull-ups, you're not going to get to competition. And if it opens with 60 pull-ups, be able to do 60 unbroken so everybody knows individually their capabilities i think it's useful to know where every other people's strengths are because then i think if you know if i know that i have a a strength over other people then it helps me with an even better performance if i know if i'm going to struggle a little bit with something then you can be more tactical about it i would say i think that's that's definitely something i've learned a lot in the last couple of years, is in terms of how to attack a workout. A workout doesn't need to always be go to failure in every single thing you're doing. Um, I've definitely become more aware of my kind of capabilities and where I need to. When to hold go off a little bit on yet. that one mm-hmm. and then
0: go harder mm-hmm, on the next one yeah. because I'm going to be ahead if of them. If I go hard that. on
1: this then I'm going to be standing looking at this. I'd be best moving on this. So there's loads of that involved I mean I think there's more to it than just being fit I have to say I definitely think that there is um, a little bit more to it like tactics and stuff definitely come into it.
0: Do you think you're motivated by titles?
1: I think I'm mo- I want to be the best. I want to like n- so I don't know about titles like I'm very realistic though like Kelly Freel, I don't know if you've heard from her. She's from Southampton, but she basically has like won the forty to forty-four category twice, came second twice. Um, And the other time it was COVID, so she wasn't there. She is a phenomenal athlete, Um, like ridiculously strong comparatively speaking to um, other girls her own age, and really, really fit. Um, She moved up to my age category next year. Like no amount of training from me this year will. I mean, I'd maybe be able to beat her in one or two workouts, but she's such a well-rounded and strong athlete. Then she will, she'll most likely win it next year. So I'm, I'm I kind of, I like, I, I know my levels. I think that's, I'm not one of these people that have like ideas above my station or think I'm better than I'm not. Like I know where I'm at.
0: You come across very realistic, but extremely driven to do the best that's possible.
1: Yeah, I want to definitely be the absolute best that I can be. And I know that sounds so cheesy and cliched, but like there's nothing more frustrating for me than thinking like I've not done my best. Like today, I have not, I have not had a good day of training today. Like I actually gave up on a workout halfway through um, just because I didn't think it was, bo- I was, I, it just wasn't going well. I've never done that before. I've been, and I've been pretty much raging at myself ever since. So I think like, I am dead driven, and it's almost sometimes I do ask myself, like, for what purpose? Like, I'm 46 years old, it's ex- at the end of the day, it's exercising. And I think, like, that helps me sometimes on the big stage because I am kind of saying to myself, like, if I phoned my husband here, be like, just, just exercise and just go and work hard. Like, there's nothing else you can do, like, just go, just go to and still do, Just distill it down to the hard. basics. Uh, this is all it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, That's interesting. Good framework.
1: It's fairly basic, right enough, but um, yeah, definitely, I I'm not so much driven by titles. I'm driven. I want like, I've done really well with CrossFit, and I like. I'm very much. I want to be a bit of a kind of ambassador for Scottish CrossFit. I'm proud of that. I'm proud of the fact that people in England know who I am because quite often Scotland's forgotten about. Of and There's so many really good athletes, um, up and coming like young folk in Scotland. Um, and I hope that my success has made them realize that it's not just a pipe dream. It's not just something for elite athletes yeah, or really like, like a CrossFit Games athlete could just be Ali Crawford from East Good I know. Um, so yeah, I like, so for now.
0: How many have been to the Games since you, since you've gone?
1: From Scotland? Uh, none.
0: We need to make that happen. I know. We?
1: I think it will happen in the future. I really hope it will. Um, it certainly is easier as a master I think the the, the difficulty but well, it's
0: all relative Ali because you're competing against the best in your age category just like everyone under 40 is this master yeah. category, is competing against everyone else under 40 so it's all relative, yeah. we've all got the same opportunity to some extent.
1: Yeah, I, I mean I think as a master it's like there's, there's definitely like a lot of people, a lot of masters. There's a lot of Americans, so the master kind of categories are mostly made up of Americans who have been doing it a lot longer than like the Europeans and stuff like well, CrossFit that. CrossFit was much bigger, bigger there, first, there for longer. It? So I mean, that's maybe changing a bit, but as a master, it's harder to break into that. Whereas I feel like the younger ones. I mean, I think we spoke earlier about like life and convenience and things like that. I think the young ones now just like I don't actually know how they how they're managing to train the volume that they're training. I th- obviously, I see that as a 46-year-old that's con- rushed off her feet and meets herself coming backwards, but they're basically treating it as like a full-time yeah. professional sport, which they're not getting paid for, or when they do think they're getting paid sometimes aren't getting paid, as has happened in recent yeah, competitions. Yeah, we about that, yeah. Um, so, they're taking it so serious. There's no reason, like, there isn't any really, any reason, but everybody's doing it. Like, people seem to be putting in excessive amounts of hours um committed to this and i can see why because it's yeah, it's an addictive it's addictive exercise can be addictive. if you find something you love I'm a, I'm a great believer that did you see the louis cabaldi video about hating the gym
0: yeah very funny
1: <laughs> it was so funny but i'm like it's also tragic because it's like so sad that somebody has such a crappy experience at the gym because it doesn't need to be like that. Like I I don't think that there's a certain type of person that's into the gym. I think like I said to you, I think that there are people that are more suited to certain things. Like, like I said to you before, I think we're talking about your son. weren't we? Yeah. And I think people can be famous for things. Like I think, and I've found something like I sometimes ask myself, like I was quite good at CrossFit from the start. I like to be good at things. I'm more impressed by like my friends in the gym who weren't particularly strong to begin with or couldn't even kick up to handstand and are now doing handstand press ups, handstand walking. That for me is really impressive because I'm the type of person that if I'd started CrossFit and not been really good at it, I'd have been like, it's not for me. (laughs) I'll find something else. So I think that's another. But there is a benefit to that though, isn't
0: there? Because if you channeled your talent in something else that you're better at, you might have been a a leading performer in the world for that. that.
1: Yeah, I just think that for me like I've had to work hard at CrossFit I'm not saying yeah. I haven't like there's been I've had many weaknesses and still have um, a couple so I do have to work hard but I was always quite good from the start so that was like okay I'm gonna be good at this I'm gonna go for it and um, and I think that's that can be said for everybody for something I think so I don't and I think exercise doesn't have to be going into the gym and onto the stairmaster for an hour and doing tricep dips and when somebody says oh I hate it, it was terrible I'm like S- that's actually really sad that somebody can have such a negative experience because what the gym and exercise can give you in your life outside of that environment apart from anything else
0: it's more than one way to skin a cat and that's a terrible phrase isn't it and probably that'll be outlawed in a few years time you can't say that <laughs> but um, it, it 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 doesn't have to be his conception of the gym the way that Lewis Capaldi described it, it doesn't have to be like that, it could be Any other modality, like there's probably people that attend your CrossFit classes that would hate three or four different other modalities, but they love this one. There's probably people that do spin classes that their worst nightmare would be to go in and do bar muscle ups and burpees. Yeah. So they found what they get a positive feedback look from, and the same way I remember when I when I worked in an office in a a previous job, I remember people moaning about the spin class they were going to after work, and I would be like. You, you don't have to do the spinning class and they're like, oh, what do you mean? I was like, I always go on a Tuesday. I was like, but you don't, you regularly skip it because you hate it. So yep. go and do something else. Go a walk with your friend. If yep. that is if that is what your entry point to exercise is and you find that palatable and not a, a chore and a real pain to do, go and do that instead. It doesn't have to be this thing you I think that just
1: professionals have to take a bit of um, responsibility for it, if I'm being honest. I mean, for goodness sake, Instagram is... F- Filled with folk in their twenties telling us what we should be eating, how much sleep we should be having, how many steps we should be doing daily, and what's what works for exercise and like ladies should be weight all this. But then, like you go into a gym and there's nobody in sight. I mean, I think like I like I was PTing a lady who was brand new to exercise, and um she was fortunate enough that she was able to come to me three times a week, but she literally didn't even know what a hip hinge was. So I our session started with me trying to get her to touch her bottom against the wall behind her. And by the end she was like able to do a squat and she was able to deadlift. And like, she like I was having her doing like weekend conditioning pieces and she was like dying through them, but she always tried so hard and the messages I got from her after about how like it energized her a Friday and how great she was feeling about it and how she's noticed herself, how like she was able to squat now and she couldn't before. I mean, that's brilliant. So I think that like, if you have something like loose, I'm like, I was so tempted, I'm like, just come to me I, like, I can, I can spread the love, I think if you're passionate about it, then it's very easy to, yep. like have and, other people fall and, for and it and like
0: this lady you're coaching, you would give him something to get a small win from that would give him a positive feedback loop in his head to be oh. like, I can come back whereas I suppose if he's going in and the stairmaster, whatever it is, he's, he's disliking you're just slaving away and there's no, like there's no endorphins off the back of it. There's no. no like, there's no feeling of like positivity and like like a CrossFit class. There's a lot of like oxytocin because you're bonding with the people around oh, you, doing yeah. the same things together. The
1: community in CrossFit is huge in for like retention. I would say. I mean, like, I think I've I've often said, but CrossFit is school right bread as much as I'm a great ambassador for them in terms of my success. Some people can be quite put off by it because they were like, oh my gosh, like I could never do that. Whereby our gym is full of people who have not do not have the same interest as I do in terms of competitiveness um, and are basically there for the community and the health and fitness benefits. I would probably go as far as saying the majority of our members, um, that's their kind of purpose for being there. And I think that's brilliant. These folk are there four or five times a week and will probably be there for the rest of their life because they've basically got into that routine, that ha- the, the habits formed, it's just part of their life. I mean, people ask me like, oh, how can you be bothered going to the gym when you do? I'm like, it's like getting up and brush my teeth. I have a routine. I, I get my program sent out on a Sunday night and I'm like excited to plan my week ahead. It's like, like, I think a lot of people do it now. So I know exactly. How I'm going to do my Monday session at this time. So everything's planned in. Um, so I have that. I kind was of-
0: really keen to learn about this area of things for you, Ali, because of everything you juggle. <laughs> What
1: does it look like? Um, like like I said, I meet myself coming backwards some, somehow. Um, my mother always used to say, you'll be one of these women that is burnt out by the time she's 40. It's not happened yet, but I suppose oh, time. Oh, we've gone beyond that. Not a problem. <laughs> I think um, I love routine. Um, and I like, and I'm one of these people that once I have a routine, I just stick to it. Um, yes, there are times I cannot be bothered going to the gym like everybody. If... I've not slept well or I haven't eaten well for a few days or I feel a bit guilty because my house is a mess and that kind of thing. I just do it. I just go. I just I just go. It's not always the best session, but it's just it's part of my life. So it's almost just like my identity now. So it's it's, a, it's almost like a non-negotiable, unfortunately, for some people. It just is... I just... It's, I just I try to be as organized as I can in the sense that I try, I like I like. I say on a Sunday night, I like to just personally like look at what's ahead, make sure I'm going to be able to fit everything in, kind of plan in my head when I'll be able to do things. Um, Like I say, sometimes meetings at schools or hospital appointments with Alfie um, can kind of throw a spanner in the works. Um, And they have to go in as non-negotiables. Yeah. So I think it's quite funny, like you were talking earlier about... um like social media and stuff in the spotlight and all this kind of thing. Like when I did win the games this year, um, oh, I had my first experience of trolling.
0: Oh, really? <laughs> um,
1: But I actually, like, I did, it doesn't genuinely hand on heart, had no effect, no negative effect on me whatsoever. It did actually give me endless hours of amusement. But it did make me realise, like, some of these young people that are desperately seeking, like, attention and kind of fame, if you like, how it can, gosh, how it could really affect them. But one uh, one of the um, comments that was made about me, well, I had a few in this ilk, was feeling sorry for my children because the sacrifices that they must have made to allow me to train as often as I would needed to train and to have that experience on my own in America, um, like, that's the, the, the children must have made this a shame for the children. And, um, that was quite funny. I showed it to my older son and he was at first, he was outraged, but then eventually he said he was going to make a comment on the post saying, yeah, you're right. I'm not had my dinner made for me in three weeks, <laughs> which is probably not that untrue to be fair. Um, but yeah, I think that you have to have, to be an. El- there has to be an element of selfishness if I'm being honest. Yep. And I think when you have young children, you can't do that the same because you're like that's your priority for every parent. Like, um, in every waking moment, you just are wanting their development and them to be involved in different things. But I think once your children get past a certain age, where, like, by the time I got serious about CrossFit, like my kids were like thirteen and nine, so it was almost like they were in their clubs. So as long as they were getting dropped off and picked up. Um, you had a period it, to focus on, on you me. and be a little bit selfish
0: mm-hmm. during these allotted hours. Yeah, yeah, but use those hours as you need to. Probably that kind of person commenting, but you not having time with your family has probably seen every single netflix series up until this point and can tell you absolutely every granular detail <laughs> of what's happened in the celebrity world but of course the fact that you spend an hour and a half going to the gym to get your work in is some sort of heinous crime
1: yeah exactly i think uh, to be fair i did get quite a lot of defense from uh, women who were like oh you wouldn't be seeing this if it was a male athlete that achieved this i find that interesting um, don't, don't, don't
0: you like i think um Ninety-five percent of mammals have a maternal instinct, and humans are one of those mammals that yeah. are in that ninety-five percent. But we're also unusually five percent. We have like a little bit of help from the from, from from the from the paternal side. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you have to spend every waking hour with your child, yeah. especially when they are out at school, out at a connectivity, out at a club. Don't
1: get me wrong; like I want like my kids to be happy. I mean, I think I mean there's there is an element. Like I remember one summer holiday. My older kids, he was obviously about 14, 15, whatever. So he was able to go away with his friends, play football during the day. That's what he wanted to do. And then Alfie having his difficulties, not quite the same. I mean, at one stage, Alfie actually had a deck chair at CrossFit East Co-bride and spent two or three hours of his summer holiday days sat in a deck chair with an iPad while I trained. I mean, is that as, as, as selfish as selfish parenting but don't get me wrong like I would then take him to the swimming and do things with him then but I'm like I feel like why why not like if he was being disruptive or if he was really bored or like didn't want to go then yeah okay fair enough but I'd be like, where are we going today? And he would do as we signed that he would do for the gym. I'm like, I'll be as quick as I can. Um, yeah,
0: exactly. That and I think as as long as you didn't feel that you were forcing that upon yeah. your family, then yeah. that's another thing.
1: And I think it's, it's it's not taking like taking it to extreme. Like that's that's fine to do sometimes. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. Like I think too many mothers in particular feel guilty, um, if they're not spending enough time with their children or doing stuff for themselves. But I think that um I think it's important. To not lose your own identity as well as,
0: as. You can't serve others from an empty cup. Yes, And true. you fill your cup up with your exercise. And of course you take that to a competitive extreme to compete at the very top level. But you're probably a better mother for your kids because you have time to go and work on your own things. And come back and share those experiences with them and bring them forward. And you're probably a great role model for both your kids, in terms of, um, oh, mum's gone and done this, and they'll be proud of you for that. They'll be proud of um your husband for what he does within his career with his NLP and his coaching and his yep. and his fitness side of things, and ha- setting an example doesn't have to be being sat by their side yep. all day every single day as a as a parent.
1: Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Um, I think I do think that to be. To to put in the time required, you need to be selfish, and that that comes. But that's not just as a mother. I think as even the young athletes, they they have to prioritize what their goals are over anything if you really want to achieve it. So I think any anyone who's like achieved something personally that's of quite a high level, there has it's come a, an element of sacrifice elsewhere in their life. Um, it's just making sure that you don't sacrifice too much of the other things. Like I'm very much all about balance. Like I don't think that I don't necessarily think like these young kids that are coming through in their twenties should be training four or five hours a day doing CrossFit. Like, like, go and enjoy yourself a lot. <laughs> yes. you know, there is more to life. I know it's fun. What and I know other things goal. as well, which yeah. is
0: interesting. You, you were talking about people have got the capacity to be famous at, at, at something. Yeah. Everyone has the capacity for that. And if you are training four or five hours a day and the feedback loop isn't telling you that you might make it to the very top, maybe you would be better dialing it down a little bit totally. and put some energy into something else and finding out maybe that's what I'm going to be really good at yeah. too.
1: Yeah, th- I definitely agree with that. I think um, I think there are some people that definitely put too much of their heart, soul, life into CrossFit and I think that it's just as by the very nature of it is... It, It does become addictive, but there's so much to be good at. There's so much to learn. So if you, and and then when you start getting a wee bit better at it, then you're constantly wanting to evolve. It's like that feeling of constantly wanting to be better. I think people get that in jobs and stuff like that. And I think for me, that is a bit like as fitness and exercise and CrossFit. That is for me that despite the fact that I'm getting older, I'm trying to still continuously be better.
0: What were you channeling your competitive spirit in before CrossFit? I'm interested.
1: <laughs> I know. Um, what did it do? Teaching classes. It's a bit of a performance outf- output. Like you spoke about a spin class. Like um, I used to teach spin um, and I was all in for my spin class. And I felt was, like I had quite a popular spin class. I've got quite, quite a bit of a following in East school And I think that's because like I, I always would deliver a very good spin class, and then um, I would be always right in there with my members, um, and people like that. If like, and if my energy levels are high, because I'm pushing really hard, and that almost came across in the class, um. So I suppose teaching, perhaps, like that's like I wanted to be the best teacher I could be, um. Prior to that, like I did a bit of cheerleading and stuff like that, so okay. that was definitely.
0: There bit- had to be something for you uh-huh. to put stuff into because <laughs> the you always had a competitive personality. CrossFit's brought out the absolute best of it, I would say. It yeah. seems that way anyway. But there must have been things beforehand, otherwise you would have yeah. been just been going Yeah, to I crazy. remember, like,
1: the, the cheerleader was a funny one because it was with the Scottish Claymores, so it was the NFL Europe. So, like, you had to go through, like, um, I, I'm going to say trials, it's not auditions, whatever it's called. So, yeah, there was that bit. And once you were in, like, you wanted to, like, be in the front row. You didn't want to be in the back row. So there was always you were trying to, there was always something to kind of try and achieve. And then I suppose before um, the cheerleading, it was gymnastics. I was probably most nervous about gymnastics. Like, I I wasn't, I was quite a good gymnast. It was quite, like, my sister was a very good gymnast. But I always remember a coach saying that. I didn't really have the mindset to be really good at it. Whereas my sister probably wasn't naturally as good a gymnast as me, but had a much better uh, training ethos, attitude to it, mindset. And I never had that. So I quite often wonder, I I feel it's something that's came with age with me. You know, you get these like super like competitive and like really driven and like have great training kind of ethics and stuff like that when they're young. I didn't have that. I like, I think... I always like, my my, my husband, I think that he was a really good um, football player as a, a youth and made it quite far like in his late teens um, before falling out of it. And he had that real tenacious desire to win, like do anything to win kind of attitude at like 13 to 17. I definitely did not have that. Um, I don't know, my son, he didn't either. And sometimes I would always try and say to my husband, I just think that Ben's more like me. I don't know whether sometimes when you're too young, things come too easy. It's like, I was very slopey shoulders Um I don't remember being like, I really want to- win Fired this. up about fired a particular up things. No, thing, yeah. I was quite lazy in training and stuff like that. Like the conditioning pieces, I would always try and
0: skive off. Like- but People change, mindsets change. With age, definitely. Particular activities, bring that out of you. Like if you're competing in the right arena.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. I think that maybe that just wasn't my thing. I think- uh, Wasn't meant to be. Wasn't meant to be, CrossFit, maybe. That was my thing
0: yeah it um, certainly mm-hmm. seems that way ali and one of the things i was gonna ask you before we wrap up is just we were talking about fittest on earth being like a fair title and i took down some of your stats if these aren't current please <laughs> tell me but your 5k times like 1950 right so
1: let did- me tell you my 5k i've done a 1950 5k but i ran a 5k in a treadmill on holiday last week last month in twenty four twenty, and i was like how on earth have I ever done this in under 20 minutes? But yeah, that's it's not particularly current, but yeah, yeah it's, it's been uh, done in the past. And then
0: deadlifted 147 kilos mm-hmm. and then squatted 117 kilos. That is what you would term a hybrid athlete away, even away from CrossFit, because you get um one of my good friends in in Fell podcast host Fergus Crawley. He's dependent. really the well that me.
1: like one mile run and he's
0: done some incredible yeah, yeah. feats. A lot of it from November as well, so he's really good from the uh, the men's mental health charity side of things yeah. as well, Fergus. And he is outrageously strong, but outrageous endurance as yeah. well. That is like very fast, but obviously a five k is not a sprint, so yeah. that's like a level of endurance, but also like incredibly strong. Like a lot of the guys listening to this, will be like, well, I haven't deadlifted one hundred forty seven kilos, or depending on what their body weight is, they might not have done. And it's. It, it's funny when you put those stats down and you're like well actually based on all the other stuff that you do in terms of the, the the burpee box jumps and the assault bike for 30 seconds sprints stuff like that that does put you in an arena where you can kind of be like well i'm one of the fittest people on earth especially for my age
1: yeah that that's where i think they can get away with it to be honest because they train you on every modality um and it's important that you can do everything so you don't need to be brilliant. I mean, I'm quite sure there's girls out there that can run a 5k in 17 minutes, whether they could deadlift 147 or 150, don't know. Um, And I always like, like when I was getting some of one of the trolls was like, Oh, like, what's our marathon time? I'm like, the, the thing about it is like, yes, my marathon time wouldn't be great. But if asked me to do 26 rounds of a one mile run, 50 deadlifts at 120 and 50 pull ups, and I'll probably be a marathon runner. So it's, it's a bold statement. Let's not be about the bush. It is a bold statement. And one that doesn't sit that comfortable with me, because part of anything else you feel is like, I go to a commercial gym and I feel like, I need to go bright if folk know who I am, like all eyes are on me. Like, and, spotlight <laughs> yeah. real there. and I'm like, oh. And I, even in the gym, when I came back from the games, I was doing a lot of class workouts. And I was about like, oh man, this is not because like, I just know everybody wants to try and race me. Um, so yeah, it's, I don't really love the whole fittest on earth. I'm definitely a, a CrossFit champion for my age. I'm currently the best in the world at CrossFit for my age in terms of the CrossFit Games. Fittest on earth? I don't know. Is it? I like it, and I see how they do it, but it does it does make me feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, it puts
0: <laughs> a little bit of target on your back. But you've definitely earned it, Ali. And I've absolutely loved this conversation. I'm sure people have as well. If they want to continue the conversation with you, where should they head towards?
1: Um, So I really just use um, Instagram, Ali Crawford, 1304.
0: Perfect. That'll be linked in the show notes. Thank you very much for joining me guys and I'll be back to speak to you all again very, very soon.